Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast, where we're committed to helping you know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Let's get to today's message. tried to get him to give me a kiss, and he wouldn't. <sighs> I'm married to him, so it's great. Good morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to Simple Church. This is super, super exciting to be here. Um, if you are joining us and this is your first time here, welcome, welcome, welcome. I've had a lot of caffeine today. I'm Kyle. We're going to get back to that. It's going to be super exciting. I'm so thankful that you're here, and I'm thankful for everybody who decided to join us during this relationship series because relationships are hard and they take work. And if you're joining us online, thanks for joining us. I know I've got big eyes. You'll be able to see my face really well. I hope I don't talk too fast. This will be excellent. And on this note, if you are here joining us for the first time or you've been a regular attender, I'm so grateful. This friend right here is a great key. It's called our connect card. This is a great way for us to get to know you, but also I'm going to give you a key to the kingdom. This is a great way for you to get some of the access to the resources you might need. If you've got questions, I got answers for you. Um, I'll also take feedback and stuff too. This is super important to me and I'll get back to that as well during this message. But you can fill out one of these. If you're a first time guest, we would love for you to fill it out. We've got this Epic Connect Center over here so you can grab a mug, grab a Bible if you don't happen to have one and um, we'll answer any questions that you might have. Pastor Aaron and Shanda, they are up in the Mansfield area today. They are serving a church up north. Aaron is preaching, I believe, about vision and next steps and just taking your one step following Jesus. And one of the examples he was using was like kind of like sitting at the traffic light where you might be on your phone or doing something and it's like a little beep beep and someone's like getting you to move on forward. I probably wrecked that. It's going to be okay. And um, you might be wondering who I am. I am Kyle Smith. I am loud. I am fierce. I am strong. This is not all that I am or all that I do. I am a Christ follower, and I'm the executive pastor here at Zim Simple Church. Simple. And um, so basically what that means is that I am the resident fire putter outer. And um, as Lainey also calls me HR, so yes, we do take care of those issues and everything, but the resident fire putter outer is my favorite because I live to fight. I'm just kidding. I really don't. Um, but I'm Kyle. I've been married to Derek, the guy I just tried to assault up here. Um, that is my husband. We've been married almost 15 years. And um, so we've known each other for, I think we did the math, like 23 years. We've known each other since junior high. And according to Derek, does it pop up? We've got a picture of how long we've known each other. Because according to Derek in this photo, we have fought approximately 468 times. And according to his math, I have said sorry twice. So... I'm just here to say someone is keeping score, um, but he's not wrong, but he ain't right either. Um, but the biggest thing about not just 
marriage, because I know it's really easy to kind of like jump down into that and think like, oh, this is all we're talking about, is that fighting for me is not about just being because I like to fight or I'm open to the challenge of it. It's because I also understand too that when I'm fighting with someone like Derek, who's my husband, is that we're not in the best part of our relationship. We're not laughing and carrying on. We're not making jokes. We're not enjoying games together. We're not, uh, we're just not even talking or, I mean, just if he's mad at me or if I'm mad at him and the way we're breathing, I call it his huff and puff. I know him so well, his nostrils flare. He's not even gonna tell me that I'm wrong because I literally know that about him from knowing him so long and how many times that we fought. But that's what's super cool about it is that I have this safe space in the, in our marriage that we can fight and then come back to it. But it didn't always start that way, guys. We got married at 20, 21, and I was under this impression that our life would be great once we got married. If you don't know, we almost got fake married before getting married because of toxic church theology and what we were being told. So I really was under the impression that the minute Derek and I got married, that all of our problems would disappear. Our premarital counseling was hot garbage. We had one session. That session looked like this. Kyle, what annoys you about Derek? Me, 20. Well, sometimes he drums on the back seat of the car when my head's there. That's a little annoying. I think the pastor was like, yeah, you'll probably have to work on that. I don't even know. I don't think that we ever went back to like another session and stuff too. Um, also, the reason why this is highly important to me too is that when I say this toxic theology of it is because one of our first fights after we got married is that someone tried to pray the fight out of me and try to pray for what they call the submissive wife and everything. And that was so damaging to me because I felt like I couldn't fight for my marriage. And I couldn't, it's not because I'm against Derek. I'm for us and I'm for Derek. But someone told me that I wasn't going to be able to do that if I was going to be a good wife. So I spent the better part of seven years of our marriage under that illusion that I couldn't do that. And it took a long time to get past that. It took getting to a healthier church for people who were helping us fight for our marriage and learn how to be married together and be in relationship too because the context of how I was looking at my relationship was how I was pouring out with others too. How I would view my friendships, parenting, anything. So it was like, well, if I can't fight here, I can't fight for, I can't fight with Drez or for Drez, and I can't fight for a friend who might have said something. I can't even do any of that because that's not a good wife. That's not going to be a good friend. That's not going to be a good person. And that is damaging. So my hope is that today you do not walk away with that. My hope is that today you get some practical steps about how we can walk through life together, how you can show up to your marriage, how you can show up to your relationships with your kids, with your, their teens, if you've got friends, work, any of that. And so that brings us to Song of Songs. We've been going through this relationship series, and this can be a tough one to go through. It's kind of weird. It's the poetry from the Bible, and there's wisdom books, there's we call them the, the literature, and then poetry, and it's just weird how they're talking. We've been going through the first few sessions and sermons of the attraction stage, the seasons, sexy time. Did anybody else leave last week with a whole bunch of notes? anything talking about like can you believe that Aaron said that there was one there was one joke Aaron made about like a hot dog in a microwave and a crock pot and because I am literally like 13 years old still I laughed about it for like three or four days and I'd be sitting on the couch <laughs> also why did he say that that was weird and then then I also made a personal commitment to Derek out of the sexy time message that I would literally talk to him through song of songs all week Sure did, sure tried. Here's where I started. I got to one of the parts of Delight Me. Also, 
blow on my garden. <laughs> that's in there. You all are laughing, but that's the Lord's word. Um, so I think I said that. And then one of the, put your hand on this latch. And Derek was like, please stop. You have made it wildly uncomfortable. I no longer want to participate. I made it one hour into my week commitment. One hour into telling Derek all about this. So he was like, please stop. I do not want any more of this. Just don't want to do it. But today we're talking about conflict and managing conflict and when it happens because it's always not going to be rainbows and sparkle and sunshine and everything. And because I love people and because I love to get along for the most part, um, my favorite movie is Mean Girls. And what I was thinking about this for conflict, so fetch. I was thinking about when they're fighting and they're in the gymnasium and the one girl's in the red shirt at the front. She's like, I just wish I could build a cake and put it full of rainbows and sprinkles and we could just eat it and be happy all the time. And it's like, I want that, but we're going to have to do some work to get there and stuff too. So that's literally how I feel, but we might have to fight for it sometimes too. And some people might think that I like to fight. It's not that I like to fight. I just like people more. I like to pursue peace more from the fight, because sometimes we're like, oh, I don't want to fight. I don't want to say what I need to say, because I want to keep the peace, right? I got to be good. I got to keep the peace. I don't want to make any, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want to have that. Well, Jesus didn't call us to keep peace. Jesus told us to make peace. So this is in Matthew 18, and we can go through it, and he, he doesn't say like, go and keep the peace. He's like, go and make peace. You're going to, you're with people. You're going to be irritated. I like to call it chafed when you've gone to the water park and you've been riding all the water slides and you're wet and then your thighs are rubbing together, maybe you don't experience this and you get a little irritation because you're chafed, slightly irritated. You just can't even respond well to your spouse because, yeah. hold on, Derek, I gotta, this hurts because we've been trying to go on vacation, we're having a great day, but I'm slightly irritated, I'm chafed. That's how I feel about making peace, right? I'm a little chafed, gotta go at it going to have to get back to what I really want. What I really want is to be back in a great relationship with my, my husband, my friends, my daughter, for the most part, because I am raising a teenager with Derek right now, and y'all, we got married in like 2021. 20, Pray for us. 20 and 21, we are babies getting married, having a baby. We got pregnant three months in our marriage, and we've been fighting like hell for our marriage and our family ever since then. So that is the context of who I am, what I do, what I feel about conflict and where we're at with Song of Songs. So we've seen where we're going. We've seen the, the, the parts of um, what's happening in scripture. And here is some, some fun things. I don't know if you've seen it yet. We're going through scripture. We're, singing, we're seeing this couple get together. They're in love. They're getting married. They're consummating their marriage and everything. Has anybody noticed through it too that it's not really like God says this about your marriage? That it's what's happening between two people and they're having this conversation. And it's interesting because when we read the scripture, it's not really like God saying, hey, do this in order to have this. Do follow me, have this. And that's just been blowing my mind because we're so used to walking through scripture and thinking like, oh, this is exactly what it says. But I find that exciting because it really gives us an opportunity to read God's word and apply it to our lives. So this has been just a discovery process. I'm huge about biblical literacy and reading it. And it just, it gets me excited. So let's jump in only because I know we're going to keep talking about following God's way next week after today. Next week, Aaron is talking about lasting commitment. So he's going to come back and knock it out of the park. And I'm so grateful for leadership like that too. Even him giving this opportunity and what he's doing up north, but him just giving me the, the ability to talk about what we're talking about today. Just a big old fight. So our key verse has been Song of Solomon 1, 1 through 3, Solomon's Song of Songs. 
And we've got our emojis that we've been doing. We've got our, our girl who is the Shulamite woman, the man, her groom, and we've got the maidens. And it's interesting because today, guess what? They're like, peace out, friends, because you're on your own. You're fighting with this dude. We out. So we're going to see the back and forth and everything about what's going on here. So she says, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is more delightful than wine. Pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. No wonder the maidens love you. So that's been the key verse. And uh, another fun fact about this, because I love this, this whole book starts with a woman talking, woman ending it and stuff too. And it is about a man showing up to please and pleasure his wife. Hey, I said it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So key thing about this key verse too, is that it's touching five senses, right? Taste, touch, hear, smell. Ooh, what am I missing? Taste, touch, hear, smell. Help me out there. Okay, Derek, I was looking right at you. Never mind, can't remember. Sight, thank you. You know why I forgot that one? Because I have the worst vision known to man. That is literally why I forgot that. This is great, though, because we're looking at, oh, your, pure, your perfume is poured out. We have this. Your name is like perfume poured out. It's because he brushed his teeth and took a shower. In like modern-day context, this is what this would look like. He decided he was going to spray on good cologne. Now, when I say I've known Derek for a long time, when we started dating for like 12, 13, I got him that glacial breeze from Bath and Body Works, you know? Hey, he smelled so good. We got him an upgrade. He, he wears like Sauvage now. Smells so nice. He's got his perfume poured out. It's so good. No wonder the maidens love you. <laughs> he is like, I can't wait for her to be done. This is going to be the worst ever. All right, so then some wisdom for our, where we're, what we're doing, what we're talking about. Some wisdom coming from Proverbs 14.4. The manger is empty, right? We're looking at where there are no oxen, the manger is empty, but from the strength of an ox come abundant harvest. How we fight is a choice. And so Proverbs being like one of our wisdom books where we can learn from it. And we're talking about character, how we're going to show up in the wisdom, what the Bible's telling to the men about what they're going to do. Where there are no oxen, the manger is empty. So if we see like a stable that doesn't have anything going on in it, sure, it's clean. There's nothing going on there. But if you've ever been into a barn or a stable where you have to muck a stall, which I'm assuming is like get all the poop out, right, I think, um, we're, we know it's messy. We're doing something to get to where we're going. So we've gone out. We've done the work. We've put the animals back in. They're taking a poop. And now we're going to have to clean it up and everything. Our marriage can look like that too. Everything's if we're not taking care of stuff, it looks like it's clean, it's easy, we're not really moving forward, but we're not really bad either. And then something happens, and we have to clean up a mess. Like, we have to make a choice for it. And I'm all here to say, too, that um, I have the strength of an ox, I feel, and Derek is definitely cleaning up my messes all the time. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so then we're talking about relationships, and we think about when we first meet him, he is so cute. He's got his mushroom haircut. He's wearing the beads around his neck because it's like 2000, I think. I don't know. Anyways, Derek has always worn black. It does not matter. So I would tell you that the first time I met him, he was in a black t-shirt, probably black jeans, and he's still in black t-shirts, black jeans. But he was so cute, so enamored by him. Derek's been fighting to be with me this entire time. Also. Um, but we decide we're going to grow up and get married. We didn't date all through high school. We were just friends. We get engaged. We go to get married. And I would show you a picture of our honeymoon, but I don't even have that because that was way before um, iPhone. 
happened, so I can't even show you this, but I can show you a picture of our wedding. We've been awkward since the beginning of time. Derek looks like he's about to, he just sold me a car. He's very excited. <laughs> you take away that bouquet, that's what he did. He's like, yeah, commission. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I didn't even want this bouquet, but here I am. Nope. I can't even show you a, a picture of our honeymoon because we didn't have the iPhones. We didn't have, I think we didn't even have a flip phone by then. And also, I wouldn't show you anything either because while most people are like, yo, this is, this is amazing. We're going on the honeymoon. This is the, the sweet time before life sets in and stuff. No, we went to Miami on faith that we would have enough money from our wedding gifts to pay and go. And we got for a ride because we are young kids in Ohio going to the southernmost part of Florida. And the screams that the hotel probably heard from us were not the good kind. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, ah, ooh, don't touch me. And while people were like, yes, they just got married. Don't touch me. No, it was like, don't touch me because my skin is fried. We literally were burnt beyond recognition. It was chaos the entire five days. So that was our honeymoon. Not great. So while most people are like, oh, we went on a cruise. This was amazing and stuff. No, I'm thankful to be married to Derek, but I did not actually care for our honeymoon. That's how we got to know the game show network was laying in bed because we were absolutely miserable. And most people think that's setting up the space for their marriage. That would be the context of mine. This is what life will look like. I will be miserable, but at least I know he's really good at words because of the game show lingo. That was literally the context. And then the second phase of a relationship steps into disillusionment, where we get back from that honeymoon and everything that was good, like Lord Jesus, he did not pick up his socks and he threw his clothes on the floor instead of putting them in the hamper, or he did not take out the trash like we talked about, or he just looked at me funky. And it's disillusionment because then I'm like, who are you? Who did I marry? what is happening right now? I'm sure that he did the same thing. Who did I marry? Because she was cool before that. She seemed like she wanted all of this. And now she's like, don't touch me. Get away from me. I don't even know what's happening. Like, this is probably something that we stepped into of like, literally, who are you? Who did I marry? And now I feel stuck. And this is where a lot of relationships can land too in not managing conflict. They're like kind of keeping it at bay, but they're not really resolving it either. Just like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to tell him to do this. I don't want to ask him for this. I don't want to ask her about this. I don't want to step into this space because I want to keep the peace instead of choosing about making it. And what we miss is that if we're stuck in that period of disillusionment, because keep in mind, mine's like seven years, seven years of being like, who did I marry? God changed me. If you're not going to change him, change me because I'm not getting this together. And no one really to walk us through what that looked like. Seven year period of disillusionment of like, who did I marry? I know that I prayed that guy into my life. I know that I asked God to give me somebody who loved the Lord, somebody who wanted to serve Jesus, somebody who loved people, loved families. That's a big one for me. I know that God gave me that man, but I had no idea how to walk through our marriage. And for seven years, I sat in a place of like, who did I marry? I would rather be out. I have stories about when I say like, I almost left Derek over wet socks, that I can be honest and say, it's really not about the wet socks. It's not about the wet socks. It's not about the fact that he told me he was going to flip the laundry and did it. It's because of everything else that breaks down. And when we don't manage our conflict, we're like, we're going to fight, 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 fight. And we're just trying to one-up each other over and over and over again. And we're trying to be victors. Like we've conquered them because I'm right, you're wrong. We go at it over and over and over again. Seven years instead of trying to get to a point where I can understand, that's not how I want to live my life because I want to stay married. I want to... When Dresden's out of the house, I want Derek and me to still like each other. I still want to hang out with the dude. I still want to have that. And even understanding, too, that like 
we're going to have to learn to work better together. And so I'm not even saying this today because I think we have it all figured out. We are a work in progress. We are two imperfect people striving to serve a perfect God. Any relationship that we're in, we are imperfect people. Imperfect. But having this relationship with God can change everything. It can be amazing, even in the context of other relationships, because I got something for you. I know it's not just marriage, but everything we talk about will come through my context or lens of marriage, any story. But your relationships and the conflicts you face, you're probably going to face them in dating or with kids, and that's, what's, that's where we can land. Okay, so, sorry, I got off on a little tangent with Derek. All right, so we are... Ooh, Okay, friends. Sorry, let me get, I told you, bad eyesight. All right, so now we know healthy conflicts can lead to healthy relationships. Our Song of Songs speak to it. We've gone over the key verse for it. And Song of Songs has eight chapters in the book. Two of them are on conflict. So that's why this is good stuff. All right, all right, so enough about me. So now we are on to what we see is the fight in Song of Solomon 5, 2 through 6. And can I have that up, please? All right, I slept but my heart was awake. Listen, my beloved is knocking. Open to me, my darling, my sister, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew and my hair with the dampness of the night. So what's he, what's he doing? He was out. They probably had a conversation because, right, we've gone through the honeymoon. They've had a good time. They've consummated the marriage. They've had some sexy time. Great. And then he's like, hey, I'm going to go out. And then he comes home late. So what we see, there's probably some unmet expectation. My beloved is knocking. Open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. So he's coming back home, and then what does she say? She's saying, boy, have you lost your mind because I'll help you find it. <laughs> well, that's really what I would think. And she's saying, I've taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? I have washed my feet. Must I soil them again? My beloved thrust his hand through the latch opening, and my heart began to pound for him. And she's like, no, you're coming home late. You told me you were going to be home at 8. It is 11 o'clock at night. I've already done, washed up. We are going to bed. That's what's up. But then she's like, but he came in and he's like, hey, sorry, boo. I was late. My phone died. I couldn't call you and tell you that I was on the way. Sorry about that. You're like, a pay phone? You don't have my number memorized? Because we've been together since we were like 12 years old and you don't have my number that I've had the same one since I was 18 years old. Now, for context, that's definitely more me because my phone dies and I just don't call Derek. So I am the, the dude coming home late, and Derek's been like, I've been waiting all night. Listen, unmet expectations. And what we see, too, is happening. is like she's like, I'm here. I'm waiting. She still wants him because there's a double entendre here, too, with biblically of, like, he put his hand on the latch. He's come home, and he's like, hey, boo. He doesn't really say he's sorry. He's just like, but I love you so much. He's, like, crawling up in bed trying to be sweet get back into some love, and she's like, no, thank you. Get up out of this bed right now. So this isn't what she's looking for. She's got unmet expectations. He didn't meet it. She's restless. She's probably a little bit angry. It's late. And some people think that it's like he came home, he's knocking on the door, and she just wouldn't, she just wouldn't let him in. That's not necessarily the case. It's like a dream. It's poetry that we're looking at. And we kind of see this, too, in the rest of our marriage, too. There's like top five fights that we have. could be about our kids, our unmet expectations, sexual issues, our finances. The biggest one that I think is like communication. It's not what you said, it's how you said it. So when he's coming home late, that she's just like, no, thank you. Not about this. And then what we see too is that they're getting to the point where in the middle of a fight and 
they're not getting what they want. He just, he wants to come in. He wants to get a little bit of loving, but she's saying, nope, not tonight. But it's not really what they both want either. And in the middle of a fight, not a lot of productive things can happen. A lot of reactive and destructive things can happen. I don't think any of us have ever been in a huge knockdown, drag out fight. And we're like, you know what? I said the best things to my spouse during that moment. That was really good. I'm glad that we had that. You might have been able to get to an outcome where you're glad you had a conversation, but you're probably not glad that you had a giant fight. You're probably not glad that you decided to say, like, dude, I've already taken off my robe. I've already washed my feet. I'm not having this, so get up out of here. We have these explosions of our emotions, and then we're shocked. We're shocked that it's like, he got up, he left, and there's ways that we can walk through some of that. We can prepare in advance for it. We can think about the times of like when it's going to get hot and heavy because it's interesting. We'll talk about like, oh, if he's, if he's sweet all day, then we can do this. Or we have our boundaries around like when we're dating and what we will or won't do. Or I'm going to put my seatbelt on in the car because I'm going to be safe. We know what we're going to do and have these steps for it, but we don't have our steps laid out for when we walk into, when we walk into a fight. And so there are things that we can do because first of all, we're going to have a fight. We're going to have a choice to make in the fight and we're going to have an opportunity for reconciliation. And so part of this is creating some, some boundaries. And if you haven't heard of that before, a boundary is a line that marks the limit of an area. It's something to indicate where we will or won't go. So in our fighting context, we can totally do that. This for me has been one of my life changes. I read the book Boundaries years ago. It was epic life change for me about how I could participate in my own life. And just show up wildly different to any friendship, marriage, work, anything like that. And so, because I am a lover of resources, I have personally invested, we've invested, um, I have the book Boundaries for Marriage out there at the Connect Center. So it's first come, first serve. So if you would love a copy, please take one. And because I know the feedback during the relationship series has always been like, what about us singles? What about those who have been through anything else? I thought about you too, I promise. And so I got boundaries for teens. If you're a parent, you're walking through that, but also boundaries for dating because I think it is so good. If you are looking for any of the other ones, please drop a Connect card. I'd be happy to get you one of the resources and stuff too, just because I believe in that so much. But before we get into that fight, it's important to take time and create some boundaries around it, right? Like, you don't get to go to the middle of the fight and be like, no, no, I'm not doing that. You might, but I can't say it's always going to work out well. So some of the things that Derek and I were talking about, especially because here was how a fight started for us just recently. I come home and say, hey, babe, I think I'm going to preach about conflict during Song of Songs. And he's like, why would you, why'd you do that one? But we don't. We don't, we're not even good at fighting. And I'm like, oh, uh, well, I'm a little offended at first. And then I'm like, well, we're still married. And also, like, there are things that I just immediately was able to jump into with him. So we don't do X, Y, Z when we're having a fight. Like, I immediately was able to tell him, like, even when I'm mad, I know Derek's not going to devalue me as a person and find ways to dehumanize me and do certain things. Like, I know he's not going to do that. He might be mad. He might be hot at me, whatever's going on. But he's not going to do that. He's not physical with me. And he's not going to throw certain words around. So that was like our baseline. And he was like, okay, yeah, I don't know how I feel. And then I would come back and tell Aaron. I'm like, that was interesting. Derek, Derek told me that. And he was like, why? You guys, are, you guys are still married. And then I was like, yes, we are still married. Because we're not perfect at this. We're not perfect at fighting. We're just learning different ways to go about our fight. And so 
we've talked about creating some boundaries in our life around what of conflict, what the fight would look like. We're not physical with each other. These are practical applications that we can use. Sometimes I do want to throw hands, but I'm not going to because we're not going to be physical. I don't even want to tell you things like never in public because we've probably dropped the ball and definitely had a spat or something like that in public. What I know about creating a boundary around not fighting in public means that I'm going to save Derek from embarrassment and myself from embarrassment and save anybody from walking into a super weird situation. I would rather be like, hey, you can go ahead and go hang out, but I will stay back here. We did that one time after a large fight, and then one of our friends was like, hey, what, what happened? Where's mom? And Dres was like, they fought. And she was like, ooh, did not know. Sorry. And I'm like, well, that's it. Like, that's, that's a thing. It happened. But I just didn't want to fight with Derek in public and was like, I will stay home. This will be okay. I'd love to say never fight in front of your kids, but I can't even say never because Derek and I have had to learn how to not fight in front of Dresden this entire time. So it's like the boundary is we will not fight in front of Drez, but I also realize too that sometimes we're going to address something because we're in a car and we're on an 18-hour drive to Florida. There might be something we have to say. <laughs> For the love, please stop fighting in text. Let me show you something. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, This isn't even the worst, but this is how far the, the relationship can just disintegrate so fast. All right. I don't even know, but also, so you, I don't even know when this was, but I do know that I diagrammed this out well before we got to today and we're talking about conflict and in texting because I despise texting and fighting. Here, oh, the reason why I could be at work and Derek's been thinking about something all day. He's about to blow me up and send it and fast thumbs and he's asking like, you did this and then we happen and blah, blah, blah. And then I can't, I can't respond right away, so then I get question mark, question mark, question mark. He's feeling unseen. He doesn't feel loved. He's even more mad. It's horrible, and then I engage it. It's just bad. We can't do it anymore. This is the boundary that we have now. This is old, and this is just a, like a funny little fight, and also it can lead to something because, like I said, I didn't know how to stand up for things, and I didn't know how to speak well into what was going on. The text, done in 15. Okay, I don't remember. We're probably talking about food. We, we ask several questions in our marriage. What do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? Who farted? This is the vein of our life together at home and out in, I wouldn't say out in public, but no. So done in 15. You tell me, what sounds good to you? Food. I've been married a long time. This dude likes to have sex. So just, just imagine here, what sounds good to you? Food. You. So I'm thinking, oh, this is what he's asking for. And I'm responding, because I'm responding to food, all of it. I've had a protein bar and po popcorn today, ha. Huh? Derek, what? What? I thought you were asking me what sounds good. Now I realize that you were trying to say you want sex. This is a below the line response right here. Here's my dig at him. How romantic. Because <laughs> it's not who Derek is. It's not what he does. But this is me just falling apart in a text and responding. And then you can see where I diagram it. And below, he is like, what is happening right now? I'm just trying to ask you what you wanted to eat. And you're coming at me about having sex and everything. He's also still probably like, yes, please, but no thank you. And it's fallen apart. But we'll relegate our entire relationship with people by fighting through text. We can't tell tone. We can't understand their intention. Listen, I'm like, I'm responding to something back and forth. I don't even know. And I'm falling apart. And I just had to decide, like, we cannot fight through text. We have to have a conversation later on. We're going to have to wait until we get home. We're going to have to do this. We're going to have to press pause on it. Not only do Derek and I live together, we work together. We're in pastoral together. Sometimes we have to have uncomfy conversations, and we have to create boundaries around what that looks like at home. 
There are sometimes that I have a private conversation with someone that I can't share with Derek. And instead of fighting about like why he did or didn't know something or why he couldn't share something with me, we have to create boundaries even around our work life to get home so that way we're not fighting about something later on. We have boundaries now that we're still figuring out about working together after three years in this kind of staffing environment and being at home that sometimes we call it like the, the putting on wife hat, putting on husband hat, because if I was at a different job, I would have been like, man, you don't even know what happened today. And my husband hat would be, my husband would have his husband hat on. Babe, what happened? What was your day like? Instead of being like, yeah, that was crazy when so-and-so, blah, blah, blah. No, we can't do that because then it's just, it's too mixed up. So sometimes we'll have to clarify before walking into something, hey, is this going to be like, what, what do you need? We just recently had this. There were some like mixed signals. And I'm just telling him later, like, I didn't, I don't know because I felt like you were asking me something about work and yet I was responding from a wife lens. I really don't know what happened. We had to sit down and have the, the boundary discussion about how we're going to show up to it. And this is about how we'll respond too. How will you respond when you have conflict in your marriage? How will you respond to someone who says something? How will you do it? You have to decide all of this beforehand because trying to redetermine and route it out right then and there is just not going to work. It's also kind of unkind to the other person to to determine right then and there, nope, I'm not going to do this. I'm out. I decided this is my boundary. Well, that's great that you decided, but it's kind of unkind to keep having that and not let them have an opportunity to decide that as well. And we also try to, we are not great at this, to have the lack of yelling and shutting down because when fighting, most of us want to be up, 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 one up, one up another and keep, I win, I win, I win, I win. Instead, some of us will shut down too, like, that's it, I'm done. I'm going to walk away. And I think I'm like best of, I'm the best and worst of both where I like want to yell and then also want to shut down because then I'm like, okay, I should press pause and I should get my mind right. And Derek, I literally have to walk away right now. But we haven't done that in quite some time too because we're learning how to create our boundaries and move from it. Another part within that boundary is capping your time when the conflict arises. Ephesians 4 says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. The jury's still out on this one. Derek and I have this discussion a lot too about letting the sun go down on anger. Because a lot of couples, and I think it's good to stay up and fight for your marriage. Fight about what the conflict was because it's an issue, right? It's not always necessarily the person or whatever behavioral thing. Sometimes it's just like this issue. And instead, like, instead of just ignoring them and going through the day and the motions, don't let it go down on your anger. But that doesn't mean that you're resolving it necessarily all at that time. It could just be, I'm choosing not to be angry about this any further, and we'll continue taking our steps to move forward and heal from whatever it is that happened. We've had nights where we're arguing about something or we had a disagreement, and yeah, we will stay up till two, three, four o'clock in the morning and work on it. There are other times too where something pops up and we're just like, I'm not mad. I just need time to process about what it is that's happening. I'm not, like, I don't even know. So I can go to bed and feel good about our relationship, but also know that, hey, okay, tomorrow we're probably going to have a conversation about how to move forward from this well. And another thing, we got to stop being history majors. When we step into conflict with others, with our spouse, we have to stop being history majors. Ironically, Derek said that I'm still like really good at being a history major. And I was like, no, you didn't. But it's true. There's some times that I just like I fall back into it and I don't honor the boundaries that we've decided for us. And it happened most recently too. We had a spat, a little small fight. 2020, Derek got into plants, which is great. We love them. Maybe you've heard our plant fight recently. And we decided we're going to take a coffee break. And 
I'm trying hard not to be a history major. This is where I'm going with this. And I go to let the dog out. I accidentally bump one of Derek's plants. I learned after the fight, it was his favorite plant. So this is why he's feeling a certain way. I bump it. I don't even know that I bump it because I'm letting the dog out. I bumped his plant. It falls on the ground. And here's what I say. Ooh, a little ghosty. Because I had no idea that I'd actually bumped it. It was my back who had, that had hit it. I was just not self-aware. So we clean up this plant. We're talking about it. And I let the dog in. And I go to walk away. And I have this giant blanket scarf on. And no joke, not even five minutes, I bumped his plant again. And it falls, and the rocks and everything are everywhere, and it gets smashed a little bit. And this is where we fall apart, right? Because Derek's like, Kyle, pay attention. <laughs> and me like, I didn't know it was me. I thought it was the ghosty, because that's my baseline response. And honestly, I just wasn't aware and stuff. The, the, the intention behind it is that I would not I would not go and ruin Derek's plant. I would not do that to him. I am for him. I'm not against him. I don't really want to, um, I don't really want to, uh, I'm so sorry. I don't want to break his stuff, but it's what happened. And we totally fell apart that day. We totally had to get back into the car and talk about it because he had hurt my feelings. And um, I was just annoyed that he had yelled at me a little bit. And had to talk about the fact, like, dude, it's not about the fact that the plant broke. It's about the fact that I, well, my feelings were hurt because I felt like you cared more about the plant than you did about me. And we had to talk about that. All right. So. All right. So then in the fight, we've got our fight. We've had that happen. We have our choice in the fight. There's a spiritual dynamic to your fight. There's a spirit of unity and peace and an enemy at work. The Satan is fighting like hell for your, your marriage, fighting like hell against your marriage, fighting like hell to take you down by your pride to tear you apart. Things to say like, I'm frustrated, I'm offended, I'm hurt. Because the devil is trying to conquer you at all times to put his throne on the top. He will try to seek, kill, and destroy your relationship. He's seeking out at every level, right? To lose our connection to God with others so that way we're not talking to people about our relationships. We're not talking about having God's truth in our lives. We're at this opposition place where we are opposed to having humility because we're stepping into places of pride and we just can't wait for that. We have to be able to take a choice or make a choice and decide to go first. This is my greatest learning point too, is that sometimes I have to decide that it's not just that I'm going to hold on to my pride where Derek says, I didn't say I'm sorry. It's where I'm going to have to go ahead and do that. And we see it in Song of Solomon in 5.10, where she says, My beloved is radiant and ruddy, outstanding among 10,000. His head is pure as gold. His hair is wavy and black as raven. His eyes are like doves by the water, washed in milk, mounted like jewels. His cheeks are like beds of spice, yielding perfume, and his lips are like lilies dripping with myrrh. She's not choosing to go out and toss him to the wind and talk to the maidens that she's been with this entire time. She's choosing humility and speaking kindly about her husband to the people around her and not poorly. She's not saying, can you believe that he did this? There's still an issue to resolve, but she's speaking kindly. And then the husband does it too. You are as beautiful as Tirzah, my darling, as lovely as Jerusalem, as majestic as troops with banners. Turn your eyes from me. They overwhelm me. Your hair is like a flock of goats descending from Gilead. I could do the hair toss. Your teeth are like a flock of sheep coming up from the washing. Each has its own twin. Not one of them is missing. He knows what he said to her before that she liked to hear, and he's back at it, which is, which is nice. There's things that we can do in the fight, too. I will intentionally listen. I will seek to understand. I will verbally validate, and I will resolve to empathize. So we can humble ourselves when we speak to each other. Things like, I will intentionally listen. 
Our emotions are stirring, but I'm going to listen to connect, not reload and respond because it is easy for me to hear Derek and then say, but you did this and I'm just ready to tear him down and go at it. Or I could just be like, okay, let me take a second. Let me think about this. Not necessarily to reload, but to respond well, to think about what I really want. Well, I kind of want to stop fighting, but I also want to get to the bottom of what we have going on. We've got to give patience for processing. I might need a moment. We had something come up. It wasn't even that we had the fight. We, it was something from like 13 years ago that he was sharing with me and apologizing. And I, I needed the patience to process it because I didn't want to fight with him. And he gave patience for giving me time to process what was going on. Sometimes we have to take a moment to, get, to pause and get our mind right to go back at it, to have the conversation. And body language is everything, too. The universal one that I think in a, in a marriage and fighting is like you get into bed and you're butt to butt, back to back, because you ain't talking to your spouse. You just like both roll over and look away. Or you're going to sleep, but usually if you've gone to bed mad, that's what it could look like. And then we have to pause on our judgment. We have to take pause so that way we can learn to ask non-threatening questions, learn to verbally validate, because part of it's like our conflict has been internal. You've made this about me, but now we're going to make it external to say things, to not confuse moving forward, to, um, to not confuse validating our spouse's feelings with caving in. We confuse our, what compromise in, and it's allowing space for someone else to feel the way that they feel and work on the starting point towards our restoration and reconciliation, acknowledging their emotions and saying things like, I get that what I said was hurtful. And even sometimes like, I understand that what I said was hurtful and build from there. Make a choice on how you'll move forward. I will resolve to empathize. That's a game changer to seek to go beyond just listening, beyond the understanding of it and um, just being held accountable to the conversation, giving an apology. For me, this is like telling Derek, I'm sorry. I'm literally having to work on this to just be humble and listen to him and say, I am sorry for that. I need to, I need to work on that because your love do be more delightful than wine, eh, boy? <laughs> He's like, hey. But that's where our conflict can get healthy. And we have the third step, our reconciliation. We can move into health because God's restored us and placed us into a place. And lastly, Song of Solomon 6. 11, 12. She goes down to the grove of nut trees to look at the new growth. I'm going to share this quickly because I'm out of time, but she goes down there and you see that she's in this grove because she's got hope for the relationship. She's out there looking for her man. She's trying to see what's going on and she has hope that they can restore what they have. Hope for the relationship because God's doing something that only God can do. And we can have that. We can have that in a relationship any point that we're walking through in our marriage and other relationships around and so maybe that you've had that in your relationship. Maybe you didn't know how to fight well for it. Maybe you didn't even know how you would respond or create boundaries for it. But we can have that opportunity. So it, it's just amazing what we'll allow God to do in our lives if we're willing to step into it, if we're willing to be humble, if we're willing to seek reconciliation. Because reconciliation is not even just like, balancing and getting back to a zero. It's balancing to make sure that everything's in order to move forward. And so maybe you've been walking through that and maybe you just need some next steps for it and stuff. And after service, we'd love to have a conversation for you and pray with you. But maybe in your personal life too, you've just been like, God, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know Jesus. I don't know who God is. I've fought my entire life for this or for or against somebody, but we can have this hope in knowing Jesus. 
and having this relationship with us to follow someone that could help us understand how to move forward, how to take these next steps. And so maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, dude, I don't know. I listened to you. I'm not even sure where you're going, but I kind of want to know this guy because I realized that the text that we've talked about today doesn't even say exactly who Jesus is, but I know that it's about following someone and having something in my life. So maybe you're ready to take that step. So with every head bowed, every eye, every eye closed, if you're ready to take a step, would you raise your hand to say, I do want to know who Jesus is. I want to know more of him. And then if everybody would, just repeat after me because we don't like anybody to walk alone to go through this saying, Jesus, I need you. I am a sinner in need of a savior and ask for forgiveness. Come into my life. Make me brand new. And I will spend every day learning to live like you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so if you took that step today, if you decided you want Jesus in your heart, I need you to know that all of heaven is celebrating with you. I'm celebrating with you. This whole place is celebrating with you. And um, if you've decided to take that step, good for you. The next thing is a baptism. This is one of our public ways of just marking where we're walking with the Lord. And we do have baptisms coming up next week, so you can mark on the card and turn that in the Connect Center. We'll get you all hooked up. And then we also have some announcements. First Wednesday, it is leadership development. Everybody is a leader. It's your square of influence. So it doesn't matter if you feel like you're a leader in church, you're a leader out in the community. Everybody, your square, your 20 square feet of influence. And you can come to that. It is great. It has some great activities and stuff too, but we're also doing team night. So this is an opportunity to get to know some of the people on the team that you're serving with. But if you've got questions, you can ask about that as well. Like I said, I've got resources over there at the Connect Center if you're looking for boundaries and stuff. You can pick one of those up there, first come, first serve. But if you have questions too, you can throw this down and I'll get you some resources. And then lastly, if you brought a tithe or an offering, we wanna honor that. And so I just wanna pray, um, let you know that everything that we do for the community too, every dollar that we are using is helping us take care of what we feel like God's called us to do in the community and supporting local efforts, church efforts, church planning, missionaries to really just help teach people how to follow God and have that relationship with him step by step along the way. So if you brought a tithe and offering, I just want to pray over that real quick and then we will be dismissed. And if you need any prayer for anything at all, we'll have staff up here to be able to speak with you. Lord Jesus, I just thank you for an opportunity to gather. Lord, I pray that um, hearts would be changed. I pray that people would take a step and Whew, just want to follow after you. God, I pray that over this giving that we're walking through, that we would be able to use all of our funding together to seek your vision, your mission. Lord, we're in this Aldi, this grocery store church, and I pray that we would just use it to fill physical and spiritual needs every step of the way. I pray all this in your mighty and holy name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me. Walk in